Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. Welcome back. Braden, how are you? Doing good. Welcome back. I want to welcome Denmark. Denmark, come on in. The water's fine. Yeah, shout out to Denmark. Great place. How do you know? Uh, actually, I, I went to high school with somebody that their dad lived in Denmark. So he would come back and tell me all about it. Okay. Anyway, Denmark, uh, they are they're in, they're in the family. I'm, I'm still waiting on my um south america uh brazil people to, to jump on but hey we got another one worldwide leader denmark thank you like i said come on in the water's fine i appreciate you i appreciate everybody that's listening to this little thing here we do before we get started i don't know if too many people are familiar with the tusky airmen that is um there was a movie and they were called the red tails oh actually so this was when the Washington football team was going to change their name. The name Red Tails was one of the names that was on the list, and it was to pay a tribute to this was the first all-black, um, I guess, I'm trying to think, uh, military, I guess is the word I'm trying to find there, military um, pilots. Um, and I had a chance to actually meet the um, there, there's chapters now. So the guys that I met weren't actually the actual pilots, but they have chapters all across the United States now. And um, because the actual pilots now, I think they said the youngest was 97 years old and the oldest, and this is living, and the oldest one is 104. So to try to get a 97-year-old and a 104-year-old out, you know what I mean, to come out and talk, that's, um, you know, asking probably a little much, but the people who I talked with worked with these guys. So they were um, in the know. And the only reason why I bring that up is because while I was talking to them, um, well, first of all, I just want to say if anybody knows of anybody who worked at that base or at that airfield um in the 1940s or 1950s a lot of people think that that the uh tusky airmen are only the 90 men that were actually the pilots but what i found out from talking to the uh, chapter members is they are currently trying to find any family relatives that had anything to do with anybody that was on that uh base so if you were a nurse if you were a doctor if you were the janitor it didn't matter in their opinion they are all tusky airmen and therefore they want to pay tribute to everybody so if you're listening to this and one of your relatives was in the military and they were there at that time and they might have just been a nurse like i said or a janitor or anything these guys would love to talk to you they have something for you i think they give you some sort of a coin and it says like whatever the airman's on it and i think it has a picture of somebody i i can't remember but anyway they just want to give you something and you can reach out to them you can google search them just look up the uh, tusky airman chapters wherever you live and give them your information and they i'm sure have like i said something for you um but the reason why i said all that Braden was because while I was talking to him I asked hey look the Washington football team they were trying to change their name and I'm just wondering did anyone ever reach out to you and really what I was doing was I was fishing because I was hoping to hear something that I wanted to hear like oh as a matter of fact we are still in talks with them but that's not what I heard what I heard was yes Someone did reach out to us. So 
the NFL did reach out. Washington did reach out. That was a name that was a possibility, but it fell through. So what we heard before is true that that was one of the names. It didn't go anywhere. And the gentleman that I was talking to said, just like anything else, whenever anything falls through, it probably has to do with money. Mm -hmm. So if I had to guess, if there's ever a poll out there and unless he just doesn't know or he just didn't want to say anything, it sounds like you can take red tails off of the list. And that's fine with me. I'm, I was never the biggest fan of it. I saw one jersey concept of it. It was my favorite, but just the name itself, I'm not the biggest name of it. You're not the biggest fan? Biggest fan, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Now on to the football part of this thing, Braden. And we might as well just start off with the biggest position, the biggest question mark, I guess, going into all of this, and that's the quarterback position. And I guess the way I want to frame this for everybody is like, what should Washington do? And it's, I have multiple things here, right? So the very first topic is Sam Howe. Mm -hmm. There's reports now that I don't know if, if they're trying to say Washington is shopping Sam Howe, or if they're trying to say other teams are just interested in Sam Howe. But anyway, it sounds like there's interest and it sounds like right now they're saying a third round pick. So my question to you, do you trade Sam Howe for a third rounder? Yes, I trade Sam Howe. I mean, third rounder isn't the best, but I'm just trading for anything if we are taking a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, just because me personally, I don't want to have to deal with a QB controversy and like half the locker room split on one guy and half the locker room split on another guy. There, there's a saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. I like I like having one quarterback and you're sticking with them. I mean, there's only one quarterback out on the field on Sunday, so if we're going to take one in the first round, then yes, we can get rid of Sam Howe. Well, I think pressure makes diamonds. And I think Sam Howe's good. I think in the right situation, Sam Howe could win. I think giving him up for a third rounder isn't... Maybe it's not worth it. I I, I don't know... I don't know that you have to keep Sam Howe, but why would you get rid of my guess is, is my question. Because, what, you don't want this quarterback to feel pressure? Like, if you're drafting a guy, first of all, if you're drafting a guy at two, number two or number one, wherever wherever we end up, but right now we have the second pick, he's the starter. There is no pressure. He is the starter, and everybody knows that. So I don't even want to hear, well, he's going to have pressure. If he's bothered by that, then he shouldn't be on our team, first of all. Second, Sam Howe's cheap. He's on a rookie contract. You're not going to get any other free agent here cheaper than you have Sam Howe. Sam Howe probably fits the profile of what you're looking for if you're looking for a mobile quarterback, if you're looking for someone who can get outside the pocket and make the throws. I think Sam Howe is a great backup to whoever we get because it sounds like one of the top three quarterbacks, and they all three possess the same skill set, and that same skill set is the same skill set that Sam has, and that's kind of the mistake that this team has made for years now and a lot of other teams do where they have a backup quarterback that does not match the skill set of the starting quarterback. But the Ravens are very good at doing the opposite. The, the Ravens, when they got Lamar, they changed everything. They brought in a different backup quarterback that played the same way he did, and they bring in offensive coordinators to fit his play style. Like they, they didn't keep, you know what I mean, Joe Flacco, which was a total different play style. So for me, I don't see why, if it's only a third round or no. I just say keep them. Unless, look, you're trying to do the, in your mind, the noble thing and let me give Sam a chance to be a starter somewhere. Do that next year then. You know what I mean? Like, he's still under contract 
I believe, for two more seasons under our control. So this year, I, I don't think it makes any sense. I say keep them if you want to get rid of them next year. And what you could do also is you could make him look really good in the preseason, and then that value goes up. And if he gets in during the season and he looks really good, that value goes up. And now maybe you're getting more than just a third-round pick for Sam Howe. I keep Sam Howe. Now let me ask you the second question then as far as quarterbacks. We don't currently have a backup. We, I believe we only have Sam Howe. Jacoby Brissett is not on our roster anymore. He was a one-year contract, so technically he's a free agent. Now we can obviously bring him back, whatever, how that looks. You know what I mean? If you, you wouldn't franchise him, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, would you bring Jacoby Brissett back? I guess what, and, and let me put this a different way. So you're you're telling me you want to get rid of Sam Howe. So now you have nobody. Mm-hmm. Now what's your plan? Are you bringing Jacoby Brissett back and letting Sam Howe go then, or are you looking at a totally different way of doing I, this? I'm looking at a um, a guy similar to J- Jacoby Brissett by being kind of like an NFL backup prototype. But someone that fits our system better. We got Cliff Kingsbury. Ain't no way Jacoby Brissett's going to be out there if freaking Kingsbury's gone or plays. Like, he doesn't fit our scheme whatsoever. I like bringing in an old vet because I just see us having a rookie quarterback. So, someone that can kind of help him and guide him a little bit. And I, I don't think Brissett fits well with this offense. Nor is his skill set really that great anymore either. That's a tough one because Jacoby Brissett, when he came in, he played well, but he he, he didn't he didn't play much. And at that point, I'm sure the defense was also playing a zone, a soft zone, right? Like there's a lot of factors that go into that. I say no because my main reason is the money. I just said Why would you pay, you had Jacoby Brissett, a backup quarterback, making more than your starting quarterback and Sam Howe. Why would you want to do that again? Why would you bring in Jacoby Brissett, who's going to then be making more than your starting quarterback if you draft somebody at two or one? That just doesn't make any sense. Um, Or maybe, you know what I mean, like, even if he's not making more, it's just... It's at least ten million a year, right? That's just a lot of money to pay. And and it's the playing style, right? Like mm-hmm. if if you're really gonna take your Caleb Williams or your Drake May or your Jaden Daniels, well they don't they don't play the same style Jacoby Bursett plays. So in my opinion, it's stupid to bring him back here. Like you need, once again, you need your backup to play the same way that your starter plays. So I'm out on Jacoby Brissett coming back here. Totally okay. out on him. All right, yeah, we, we can agree on that then. So I say bring Sam Howe back. You say bring none of them back. Yeah. So if we get a quarterback, which everyone's a seaman, we are. Right. Yeah. The only other option then is you have, you're going to have to bring somebody in here. Mm hmm. And I got a good idea. So here's some of the top free agent quarterbacks. And then you tell me how, how, how you're doing this. Are you bringing any of these free agents in to actually be the starter? Or are you bringing them in to be the backup? Because you can bring in. We don't, first of all, we don't have to go with the second pick. We don't have to go quarterback. That's what most people are assuming. But they, they might not go that route. And, and or. Maybe they do go that route, but they want to do the Patrick Mahomes and they want to actually have somebody sit for a season. Like, you know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of different scenarios here. But the free agent sprayed, and I got some names for you. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Mitchell Trubisky, and um, Tyrod Taylor and Garter Minshew. Yeah, so if we want to see our record spike, and progress the best for next season, I think we'd take Marvin Harrison at two and Kirk Cousins, and we can plug Kirk Cousins right in the starting spot. 
But if we're looking at the future and we're taking a rookie quarterback, I have the perfect backup quarterback. He's like Taylor Heineke, plays with heart. He got the style. He got the swag. Gardner Minshew. Okay. I would love to have Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback. It's like Taylor Heineke 2.0. It's funny that you say that because I'm looking at this list. Kirk Cousins is a no for me because the same reason. The, the Cliff Kingsbury offense. It's He's not coming here to be a backup, and yeah, I don't yeah. want him to come here to be the starter. Yeah. So, no, like, he wants to get paid. And I don't want him to be the starter, so no. Like, there's there's no reason why I would bring him here at all. So I'm out. And then there's Ryan Tannehill, who could be a backup. Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor. And and so I'm out on it's tough. Man, Ryan Tannehill. Actually they they all kind of play the same type of style. I just think that I'm going if if they take one of those three quarterbacks at number two, I just think Tyrod Taylor or Minshew, I think that those two fit or play closest to their style. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on Minshew, but I would also throw Tyrod Taylor in there as well. I think he plays very similar. I think he likes to move around yeah. with the ball, but yeah. Minshew, he's he's just done nothing but win everywhere he's been. He has, he just, yeah, he plays with that heart and swag. He leaves it all out there. And his teammates seem to love, you're right, like the Heineke comparison was absolutely spot on there. Like, he's goofy, he's funny, he's coming in with his cutoff jean shorts, he's got his, like, um, um, long flowing hair half the time. I think it's still long. I haven't even seen him in such a long time. But, yeah, he's totally, he looks like some dude you could just. Uncle Rico. Yeah, yeah, he's Uncle Rico, he's you know, grab a beer, throw him a beer, he's going to shotgun a beer with you type dude. Like, yeah, he would. he's your locker room type dude. I'm with you on that 100%. He can come in. And now, speaking of Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, is it a big deal that these three are not going to throw at the NFL scouting combine? And And let me say this before you even answer it's actually pretty common right that nowadays the top guys really don't throw i I feel like at this anymore they always wait till their pro day so it's at their field it's with their receivers Mm -hmm. so is it a big deal or is it not just because it's kind of what they all do yeah i don't it's not a big deal i mean they're the freaking top guys the stats speak for themselves and if you want to see how good a guy is, watch their game film, not them throwing with no rush and nobody defending. It's not a big deal, but it it kind of bothers me because I want to see a competitor. I want I want my guy, I want my quarterback to want to play every chance he gets. I I I don't know. Like, what's the reasoning why you don't throw? Because you might have a bad day. Because the other guy might look better than you. Like, if you're not that secure with yourself, if you're that insecure where you are worried about like how your day might go, then I got to worry about you leading my franchise. I got to worry that you're not mentally strong enough. If 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 you're doubting or you're questioning yourself that makes me question you i want somebody that's a total boss and they're like oh you want me to throw today got it where you where do you want this ball oh okay and i want them to hit exactly everything that they say that they're going to hit i don't want somebody second guessing themselves so i'm with you it's not a big deal but it does bother me because i want that mamba mentality i want my guy to want to not be afraid of nothing like this isn't a game. It's one thing when these guys don't play their last bowl game because they're scared they might tear their ACL or something. This is just you're 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 running around in some shorts and you're just throwing the ball. There's no contact here. You don't have to worry about injuries. So it comes across 
a little soft sometimes because of what I just said. I just want I just want somebody that just wants the ball all the time. That's how much they love it. You know what I mean? They just want to throw the football. So it's not a big deal, but I just wish if one of these three, if Caleb Williams said, you know what? No. Or if Jaden Daniels, right? If, if one of those two or Drake may, I'm telling you right now, the fan base would automatically gravitate to whatever one did that because of what I'm saying. Like that just shows something. Oh, look what happened to Zach Wilson when he did it. Everybody jumped on the Zach Wilson train. Everybody, I mean, it's it's so dumb. They're out here with no pads throwing. It's and the, oh my, he can throw sixty yards on the spot. The pro day is the same thing, but it's with your own receivers that you've been practicing with. None of it makes really any difference, right? But I would rather see if I'm going to try to evaluate, and that's the thing, you don't really evaluate off of this. You should evaluate off of the game film. But if I wanted to see something that was closely something that I could evaluate, I would want to see my quarterback throwing two receivers he's never thrown to before just to see how good he, just to see how he can adjust to each one. So it is what it is, right? Is it a big deal? No. Would I get excited or would I get a little bit happy or would I feel like he's giving the fans something if if one of these guys decided to yeah I, I think the fan base goes it's something to get like I'm telling you right now if one of these three were throwing I'm watching like I'm recording it you know what I mean like I'm I'm breaking it down I'm sitting there it just gives me something to look at it gives the fans a little something extra but it is what it is speaking of quarterbacks and I kind of want to say how how much we get this wrong. People in general. So every year, this guy is the best. This guy is the best. No, that guy's the best. No, this guy's the best. No, that guy's better than this guy, right? And everybody argues over it. And at the end of the day, very rarely is the number one quarterback taken off the board actually successful. Now, I looked at the playoffs of the teams this year. And the majority of the teams who made the playoffs had quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. But the majority of the teams did not have the first quarterback taken in the draft. Like you look at like the Chiefs, for example, right? Patrick Mahomes was not the first quarterback taken, right? Nope. And Patrick Mahomes did not play his first season. He sat down. Um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, almost, was he the last quarterback in the first round? Yep. Jalen Hurts, second round. Brock Purdy, seventh round. Last pick in the whole draft. So you can go down and you can see that this is not an exact science. And even the quarterbacks that were taking in, you know, round one, most of those quarterbacks were not actually taken first overall. I think I looked and I think I was telling you there there was only three quarterbacks that were actually number one picks. That's Baker Mayfield. I believe Matthew Stafford was the number one pick. And what was the other one I told you? It was Mayfield. Jared Goff. Jared Goff, right? And none of those three quarterbacks are with the team that drafted them first. So the, the three quarterbacks that were actually taken number one overall aren't even with the team that took them because they were unsuccessful with those teams. So could it be that the teams that are actually taking no, you know, number 1 or number 2 or whatever like if you're in that top 5, is it just maybe you're going to a team that just sucks and they suck for a reason because the top, the head, the owner, the GM, whatever that is, their front office just can't pick players worth a damn and you are just going to be going to a loser team and even if you're good Matthew Stafford was with the Lions, right? Matthew Stafford was an afterthought. I always thought Matthew Stafford was good, but most people would say, well, Matthew Stafford's never done anything. Well, now you can look at Matthew Stafford's won a Super Bowl. So it just goes to show not only one do you have to get the talent, right? But then the talent has to actually go to the, to the system, to the team, to a coach, to a coordinator, where he fits in, like everything really has to match there, right? Like I said, Stafford's a prime example. The Lions weren't 
great with him. They never were really a Super Bowl contender, and then he wins a Super Bowl. You change, you took the same player, you changed, you know, went to an offensive guy, and all of a sudden they win. I say all that to say we're getting all excited about these three quarterbacks, and the chances are maybe none of them are really as good as we think. And let's say Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams has been closely compared to, or the closest thing compared to Patrick Mahomes as can be out of any of these quarterbacks, right? And Caleb Williams, let's say he goes to the Bears. Do you think Patrick Mahomes would be Patrick Mahomes if Patrick Mahomes went to the Bears the year he got drafted? Probably not. I'm going to say no. But I do think Patrick Mahomes is a great player. But my point is this. He might not have been a great player because when he came out of college, he was raw. He had arm strength, but he had a lot of backyard football in him. And he went to the right situation. He went to a good, first of all, he went to a good team. Kansas City is a good team. He went to a great coach. So it couldn't have worked out any better for him. If Justin Fields is on Kansas City and not with the Bears, is Justin Fields getting or looking like there's Justin? You know what I mean? So I say all that because sometimes it 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 really is that the player is better than we think they are. They are just going to a bad situation. And then you got somebody like Zach Wilson who people think was very good, and it just seems like he just sucks. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a big guessing game. It's so hard, but if the player's good, it'll t- he'll turn the team around. I mean, we've seen Peyton Manning done it with the Colts. We've seen it recently, Joe Burrow. I mean, that doesn't really get much worse than that. He took them to the Super Bowl real quick. I mean, if the player's good, he can turn the team around. But, yes, I agree with you on the fact of a player and coach, you know, or player and system being the same, it really helps. Yeah, everything has to line up, man. That's why this is such a hard – that's why it's hard. The college game is not the same as the NFL, first of all. You just can't do the same things in college that you can do in the NFL and get away with it. You can't hold the ball that long. You can't – the backyard stuff really doesn't work. You really, at some point, you have to have an NFL arm. I, I hate to say that over, you know what I mean, but you have to be able to make certain throws in the NFL. You know what I mean? If you can't, you're just never going to actually be a real Super Bowl contender. The, the playoffs, like I said, it, it shows you that the majority of the teams, like I said, that took their quarterback in the first round, they made it, but that doesn't always have to happen. And I just bring that up because last week I asked this question and I actually put out a little thing, you know, and on social media is about should Washington or not even should Washington, but would Washington or would the commanders be better if they drafted Marvin Harrison Jr. and then a quarterback in the second round, would that be, you know, better than or is that greater than if they took Caleb Williams and, you know, one of those three, May or Daniels and, I thought, I got to be honest with you, like I did that thinking I was going to get the, I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, like what are you talking about? And I, I got that too. But I actually got, surprisingly, some people, and more than I thought, that were actually totally on board with that. Or if not him, the left tackle, right? Joe Wall or something. Mm-hmm. There is a belief that maybe these three aren't the answer. And maybe these other quarterbacks that are in your top, say, five or six, right? Maybe the drop-off isn't as great as these professionals, I guess you could call them, or these TV personalities or these scouts or whatever whatever they're called, right, that are telling us that Caleb Williams, Drake May, are so much better than 
Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy. Well, maybe they're wrong because a lot of people are now coming out and kind of saying that they don't really think that there's that great of a drop-off. And it would make more sense to take the best player in the draft early and then get one of the other quarterbacks who, in their minds, a lot of people think that they're actually comparable. Yeah, I. if you go with Mike or Marvin Harrison, I was almost going to Mike. Marvin Harrison. Mike, 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 Mike. You cannot go wrong with that pick, though. I mean, it's you're getting a generational talent, the best guy in the draft. You're getting a freaking superstar beast. But my only thing is, I don't think there's going to be any quarterbacks in the second round now. We're we're talking about J.J. McCarthy slipping to the second round now. Every mock draft has him going in like top 15 now. And <laughs> I, I think I think Penix is going to be the only one possible for the second round. Yes. I don't think there's going to be any other option besides Penix. And then you hit that point where it's like, you know, I said earlier on the podcast I want to get rid of Sam Howe, but you're drafting a quarterback in the second round, you got to have a competition then. You can't just say, here's the keys. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be mad if we go Marvin Harrison, but it you got to you got to stick with Sam Howell quarterback or go get freaking Kirk Cousins. Because not Ryan Tannehill or none of them, and you can't trust Penix right away jumping in and being your starter. I'd probably trust him the most out of anybody, but I'm not having full set on him. So, just real quick, breakdown. I, I was watching, because I already told you what uh, last week it was um, Drake May. I, I just really quickly went over his pros and cons. And uh, this week I watched a little bit of um, Caleb Williams' play. And I think I actually have, I think I was a little bit harder on him the first time I watched him. I think I actually saw more pros this time than I did the last time. So just very quickly, my pros, obviously the arm strength, right? Like you can't deny he has a live arm, you know, throws with velocity, throws with touch. And he seems to be, be very accurate from what I saw. His progression, I'm going to put that in a, I actually put maybe next to it because when he was dropping back, he he looked to the left, he looked to the right. He, like It looked to me like he was going through progressions, but then he would kind of start running around. So I feel like he went through his progressions, but then he didn't really act on and make quick throws coming off those progressions. So I don't know how, I don't know to put that as a pro or a con because at least he wasn't fixed on one person, but then he didn't really, I don't know, make make throw quick off the progression. And then for me, his footwork, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes he just throws flat-footed, and I don't get it. I don't understand why he throws that way. Not always. Sometimes he, he's throwing right, and he, for me, I feel like he leaves the pocket early. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When, you're, when you said he goes through his progressions, like, so many times I see him do that, like little two-step shuffle, squat down, looking, where do I go? Do I run right or left? And it's like, the pocket's not even collapsing yet. I think he's just, but it, he gets away with it in college. You know, it's going to work for him in college. But in NFL, you escape the pocket and someone gets around the tackle. He's faster than you, probably. So that's the thing I didn't like watching Caleb Williams is, number one, him holding on to the ball that long, and two, just agreeing with what you said, escaping the pocket when he should just be he could step up sometimes in the pocket. Yeah, he seems. I gotta be honest. Whenever I see anybody, and so I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking on on Caleb here. So I'm going to put this a different way. Whenever I watch a quarterback play, and that quarterback doesn't stand in the pocket or stand tall in the pocket, as they say, and when the pocket starts to collapse, if he doesn't step up into the pocket, now I, I understand once again he's not a tall quarterback. He's just your average. Was he six one? So. I feel like I don't know if he's a little scared to get hit or what, and and that's why he leaves so early. Like he doesn't. I know they say no quarterback likes contact, but it's part of the game. Like you got mm-hmm. you. I thought maybe his offensive line was trash, right? And I'm like, man, they suck because like every other play, I feel like he's running. But 
No, apparently his offensive line is actually really good, and that's a and that bothers me because I also look at intangibles, right? Like I do feel like, and I'll, I'll get on this later when I decide to break all of them at the same time. I'll go over every one of them, but the things that you can't necessarily see, right? The we can see the arm strength, we can see the footwork, we can see can he throw the ball, you know with velocity can he put touch on you can see all that but the things you don't necessarily see or is he a winner right he played for a major football conference and not a not in a like he wasn't the worst team in a major college he wasn't on he wasn't the greatest player on a bad team and he wasn't the guy who was elevating that team he was a good player on a good team who has a proven coach who has won everywhere he's been. And yet he didn't really have great wins there. He was, he was over 500, but they Mm -hmm. weren't competing for national championships. And I mean, I think that just goes on the defense. It does concern you if you're getting that hyped up, but they were their USC's defense led up a lot of points. Anyways, I guess I'll wait to to break all of them down because I know I'm going to go over this again whenever I decide to talk about the other ones. But So to answer the question, is Caleb Williams a top two draft pick? Yes. Would I take him number two? Absolutely. Would you take him number two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes. Now, does he have question marks? Yes. And, and and if you don't think he has question marks, well, then you just don't know what you're looking at. There's I, He is your biggest boom or bust in the draft. Yeah, and the, this is scary saying this, and I just realized this. I didn't even think about this an hour ago. I just thought about this. I was more set coming out of the draft on Zach Wilson than I am Caleb Williams, in my opinion. I could be the only one thinking that. But when Zach Wilson came out, you know I was a big fan of Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And looking at the Caleb Williams film, like I see I see all the potential, yes, but I'm shaky on him. Like I see all the potential, absolutely, but I can see that bust factor absolutely too. And I and I remember telling you, pump the brakes on Zach Wilson. I said if you actually are watching one he plays for a soft school, you know, BYU against soft competition and he gets fixed on that one and what, receiver, and he doesn't really ever look off. Remember what we said about Zach Wilson? Holds the ball, scrambles outside the pocket. Yep. I'm telling you, like that's. And he has that strong arm. He can scramble. Oh, the dude can put the ball anywhere. What are we saying? The same exact thing we are saying about these guys. It doesn't translate in the NFL. You can have the greatest arm. You can be able to put the ball. You can have arms. You know, arm strength and speed velocity and touch like zach wilson coming out of the draft was maybe the best passer right but he can't go through his progressions he, he just he, he doesn't get it and if you can't master that you just can't succeed in the nfl so i'm worried about at least caleb like i said he doesn't get fixed on one person so i do like that but then i, I don't know i don't know they kind of all do the same thing. They all three, three of these guys will, Jaden, I'm, I'm getting, I, I need to get off topic here. I'm Now I'm starting to ramble on about the quarterbacks, but just real quick, let me wrap this up with them. Jaden, I want to be more aggressive. He's almost a little bit too passive and yeah. doesn't want to make that mistake. But that's the thing I like. It. I do like that coming into the NFL though. And then Drake and Caleb are the opposite. They, they have the stronger arms, but they don't, I don't know. It's like they're going through their progressions, but they just don't ever make that that quick off that receiver to the next one and make that quick pass. I don't know why they almost seem to hesitate. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know. Anyways, let's go. Move on past. We're done talking about that. Um, so Adam Peters talked about a couple of things. He talked about the quarterback position. He talked about free agents. And 
some of the things that he said was that um, they weren't going to be very big spenders or I can't something along those lines, right? Like talking about not, not spending all the money on free agency. Um, I guess what's, do you have any feel like uh, the direct message I get is we're building this team young in the draft and we're just taking our salary cap as like filler spots. But, like he's probably meaning by that we're not going out and we're signing Kirk Cousins and then we're going to sign the best receiver in free agency. We're just going to find filler spots and draft our key positions. Right. Everybody thinks that what we have is a lot of money. And in reality, it's really not like, that gets you three starters, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, because then you still have to have money left over for your players. You have to have money left over for your draft, and you don't want to have zero money. So, mm-hmm. like, honestly, it's it's you get. I I think three starters. We have enough money to bring in three solid starters. And I guess my only concern with what he said about the free agency. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is what most people now are are trying to interpret to what he's trying to say. And I guess I would just say to that, no crap. Like, you can't build a team through free agency. You build your team through the draft, and then you bring in the missing pieces. Now, it's either one of two things. Either we are looking at we are in year one and we really don't want to spend too much money in year one because we want this year to be an evaluation year. And that makes sense. But then I would say, you mean to tell me you can't look at the film and evaluate from what happened here last year? Mm-hmm. Just go out and ask any fan where we need help. Trust me, we've been watching this bullcrap long enough where we know where we suck, okay? We need a tight end. We need offensive linemen. We need linebackers. It's not that hard to figure out what we need. So this whole evaluation thing, like, come on, man. Like, it's not that hard. I see them. I see them bringing in some free agents. That, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that they're going to go out. Yes, I don't think they go out and they go get a Kirk Cousins. Or, but I think you go out and you get yourself – depending on what they want to do in the draft, right? Like that all plays, but you know, you need a linebacker, you know, you need an offensive tackle and you know, you need a tight end, right? Like you can find those and that's not spending big money because most of those positions aren't, I mean, a a left tackle would be if you're getting a, a major one, but if you're getting a right tackle linebacker, like those aren't big money hits, but you can get big players for, good money there that that's your value picks in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah so i don't necessarily know or think that he meant he's not bringing in anybody I, I sure as hell hope that he didn't mean he wasn't bringing in anybody i'll put it to you that way this fan base wants to be excited let me say this again for the people in the back of the room the fan base is tired of seeing this every year please excite us please bring in talent That's all we want. We want a reason to get excited. We want a reason to go to this game and get excited. You you just bring in three good free agents and and this fan base will totally just love you, right? Like it doesn't have to be anything major, but you can't not do anything. And I don't think that that's going to happen. I do believe they bring in some free agents because if you look at the 49ers the 49ers I mean were the 49ers built through the draft their quarterback was their draft pick but their running back wasn't their left tackle wasn't like eh so let's pump the brakes it's mixed that's what the Rams did in the Super Bowl that's what everybody that's I think they're going to bring in free agents guys now that doesn't mean you're bringing in five new you know but somebody's somebody's going to come here that we're going to get excited about and then the quarterback situation so he said that he talked with sam howe and he said that he uh really liked sam howe they had a great conversation um i think he might have even said like he's not out on sam howe i can't remember the exact you know verbiage so it it 
kind of sounded good, right? So some people were maybe thinking, oh, man, Sam Howell might be our quarterback. Like, you know. And then he kind of said something to contradict that, and he said something um, about Brock Purdy, and then uh, he needs to find his quarterback. So in one hand, he was complimenting Sam Howe, and then on the next comment, he needs to find his quarterback. Does that? What does that tell you? Well, he's a businessman. He ain't gonna tell us straight up. He's gonna keep it. He's gonna keep it a secret. I mean, if everybody knew what we were doing on draft day, that'd be pretty lame. You. I couldn't have said it any better. I actually wrote down GM talk question mark. Like that. This is what real GMs do, or or real whatever. Uh, if it was Ron Rivera here, like your your coach centric, like you're not supposed to give away what you're doing. Exactly right, because you don't want your opponents to know, because that gives you all the leverage if trades become available or even free agents and then they're you know the, the players agents trying to get more money out of you and if they know you're desperate well exactly so i think we're bringing in a free agent and i think we need to find our quarterback i think tells you all you need to know Braden. that even though he likes sam how and maybe he'll keep sam how here he's not keeping him here to be the starter Absolutely not. Nope. I think I think they realize we're at the second pick for a reason, and Sam Howell's stats do not give any reason to get for him to be the starter next year. Yeah, he's. I don't know. Like I said, that's. I think that's the question is with Sam. Is his value here? Is his value more as a backup? Or is his value more trading him and getting a third round? Or like, what's more valuable to this front office? I think that's really what they have to decide is the value in Sam Howe. Is it bring in another, get more draft capital? Or continue to, I don't know, because that's a pretty good situation to be in. Like, I, I think you keep Sam Howe because having a backup quarterback on a rookie contract who was a start. He's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was a starting quarterback. No matter what anybody says about him, he was good enough to be a starter. And he was good enough where all these people that want to bash him now loved him week four and five, praised him and said he was our savior, and now they want to trade him. I'm not I'm not that type of guy. I can't sit here and tell you week four or five that I love the guy and now I want to get rid of him. If, if, if I liked him, then I like him now. I say we keep Sam Howe. I say for drafting a guy, you get rid of him. No controversies. I don't think he makes our rookie quarterback any better. Well, I don't think he makes him any worse. He bring in Gardner Minshew and we roll the dice with that. You sound a lot like Ron Rivera when he wanted to get rid of Heineke. Remember, they, they didn't want Heineke here because they were scared the fans were going to cheer for Heineke. And, oh, Sam House might get his little feelings hurt. Oh, Sammy might get upset. We got to get rid of the competition. You need competition. If you're that weak, I don't want you if you're that weak. I don't see a point in keeping the dude that didn't put up any numbers. Who didn't put up numbers? Sam Howe. Oh it's God. not an eight-game season. Here we go. The first eight games he did, it ain't eight games. Here and it don't go. even matter because we still weren't even winning games when he was putting up numbers. I've, you take all those three quarterbacks and have the enemy as our offensive coordinator again, they're putting up the same numbers because we just throw the ball 50 times a game. I don't think, I'm going to tell you this, I don't think there's that great of a drop-off between the top three quarterbacks and Sam Howe. I, I just don't think we can really know that. I think Eric Bieniemy did not set him up for success. And I've said that, and even the players come out and say it. And, and I'm going to talk about Eric Bieniemy in one quick second to, to, to wrap this show up. But when you have a rookie quarterback and you have him drop back more than anybody else in this league and you have him getting sacked more than anybody else, that's coaching. He's 
Hurts. You can say what you want to say about him. The beginning of the season, Sam Howe. And even at the end of the, at the season, I mean, he's tough. He is a tough competitor. I've seen him get hit over and over and over. And he just got back up, just got back up, just got back up. And at the end of the year, he started playing worse because he was broken. You could see his demeanor. You could see his feet. Like, you could see the happy feet. You could see he wasn't, he was more worried about taking the sack than he was about watching downfield. That's what happens when you break a quarterback. And that is on Eric Bieniemy. He broke Sam Howe. Well, they're both probably not going to be here. Well, Eric Bieniemy will not be here. Eric Bieniemy, okay. All reports are that Dan Quinn told Eric Bieniemy, hey, thank you. I appreciate everything that you've done, but you know what? You're not going to be working here with us in Washington. Thank you, but see you. Okay, that's a nice way of being fired. Eric Bieniemy apparently now has come out and said he was not fired by the commanders. So he, he was still under contract. I guess he quit. That's fine. He didn't quit, dude. He was fired. That's my point. He said he called plays in Kansas City. Anybody who knows how Andy Reid coaches, watch the game film. Do you think he's talking into that mic? Like, do you think he's looking at a game sheet and talking? Don't you think Andy Reid is calling the plays? If he's looked like, come on, man. Eric Bieniemy is just, and and I don't blame him just for saying things, but you got to be smart enough to know, like, the things that you're saying are very easily, like, fact-checked. Like, you can you can say some things to get away with it, but when we can visually see, when we see Andy Reid calling the plays on the sideline, you can't then turn around and say you were the play caller. I mean, maybe you called five plays a game, so technically you're not lying. I guess you can get in that gray area. When you can say you weren't fired by the commanders, I guess technically maybe there's a gray area. Like, we're not going to fire you. We're not going to bring you back. You know, it's a mutual parting. Okay, once again, if that's how you want to word it, I don't really care. But... This is my bigger question. I So I think he is, what, working for UCLA now, I believe. I don't even know what his role is. I'm guessing offensive coordinator. And he's running the offense for, for UCLA. Are you surprised he's not in the NFL? Not really, just because like he hasn't really done anything. Really. He was he came from the Andy retreat and then Washington gave him a chance and he comes here. I think teams just caught on on how bad and how not not just that how bad our offense was, but what you said on how many times Sam Howe had to get hit. Like Sam Howe, his everyone's comparing him to David Carr on his sacks and like that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So I think I just think that scared everybody away because our offense was doing just as bad as it was with Scott Turner, points per game and yards per game. And our quarterback's getting hit more. So let me say this about Eric Bieniemy. I wanted to see, and I'm on record, I wanted to see Eric Bieniemy get a shot at being the head coach here because halfway through the season, we all knew Ron Rivera was not going to be here anymore. And that is when, if you are the owner of a team and you know you're moving on, like you think of the Raiders with Antonio Pierce, right? You, you think of all these other teams that have done this throughout the history of football, when you have a younger guy or you have a guy who hasn't been a head coach yet and you might want to take a look at them or other teams want to take a look at them, you fire your head coach to give them a tryout. That's what it would have been because you're you're not you're not bringing him in for a four-year deal. You know what I mean? At the end of the year, you can let him go, but it gives you a small window to see does this guy have what it takes? And when they didn't go that route, to me that was telling because I said this before, when everything points to that's how and that's what should be done and you're not doing that, then that told me that they were going to go a totally different direction. They were bringing in all new coaches. If they weren't bringing in all new coaches, they would have gave, 
given Eric Bieniemy his shot. And then I also said this at the end of the year, and I was trying to find it, and I, and I can't now obviously find it when I'm trying to. So maybe I'll find it eventually, or maybe somebody else out there can find it. I believe it was the end of the year. I can't even remember. I'm wanting to say it was the exit interview. I know when it happened, I was on one of my earlier pods, and I said, did you hear what Sam Cosme said? He was talking about he wanted to run the ball more. They just didn't run the ball and this and that. And that didn't really bother me because that's just what players say because, you know what I mean, that's normal talk. But the thing that caught my ear and no one else heard it, and now I can't find it, was he said something along the lines of, I've seen things and I just won't say, or something. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but as soon as he said what he said, it was something along the lines of, you know, basically he has seen things and he's not saying what he saw. And that sounds like code for me to, that's like boy talk. You know what I mean? Like, like we're boys, like you're messing up. I'm not going to say what you're doing, but what you're doing ain't right. You know what I mean? Like if you're out there doing something wrong and you know what I mean? One of your friends, like one of your good friends is doing something wrong and you know what they're doing wrong. You might not tell on them, but you don't agree with what's happening. And so now Eric Bieniemy is not in the NFL. He went from a guy who was supposed to be a head coach who left Andy Reed to, he came here to be an offensive coordinator to now he's not even in the NFL. I said it then, I'm going to say it now. That statement, what he said, there's something that we will never know. But it's something that the NFL knows. It's something that the inner circle knows with Eric Bieniemy, and I don't know what that is. It could be something small, right? And it could be something big. Who knows? But Whatever he was talking about that he saw, and when you have your most humble guy on the team, Terry McLaurin, and everywhere you've been, there's just something, there's a problem, there's something else going on, and it's not just him being mean to people, there's something else going on. I'm, I don't want, really even want to speculate, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, does Eric Bannemi have some sort of a problem? Whatever that problem is, it could be a drinking problem, drug problem, gambling problem. You know, who who knows? But when somebody says, I see stuff and I ain't saying it, that's, that, that's never good. And now he's not in the NFL. So take that for what it is. I think that's telling. I think that there's something more to this that we will never know. But it, it's got to be big because now he's in college. Like, he's not even in the NFL anymore. And I'm sure the inner circles know what that is, obviously. And we just won't. Yeah, man. As long as we're getting wins on Sunday, that's all I care about. <laughs> like, screw that guy. He's playing on Saturday. Okay, okay. You don't have to, be, you don't have to yell at me. Damn. I'm just saying, man. I I think Eric Bannum is going to find a lot of success down there. I, You know, everyone comes up in the NFL and say it was way harder down there. Eric Bieniemy is known for being a hard coach. Everybody from Alabama that had Saban says how much Saban's harder on him. So I can see Bieniemy having some success down there. He, Sam Howe held the ball for held on to the ball for a long time. I don't know if that was Howe or if it was our play design, but college quarterbacks are known to hold on to it longer than NFL quarterbacks. So I think Bieniemy will be a okay. Yeah, he might be fine. And I'm not I'm not talking about his play style. Like I'm not. That's what you're missing. A player said something that caught my ear that was not anything yeah, to do yeah. with the way he coached. It wasn't to do with, you know what I mean? It, it was a cryptic. I don't know. There was, it just, whatever it was, it caught my ear to where it made me think there was something, I don't want to say illegal, but something wrong going on that we, 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 we don't know. You know what I mean? And, and we never will. So it doesn't really matter. And on that, I have nothing else. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Nope. All right. Well, once again, 
thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you, Denmark, for joining. Um, we just keep growing this thing every day. We just keep trying. And uh, I hope everybody has a great week, has a great weekend. Hopefully we, uh, we're back here next week. So this has been Commanders Uncensored. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.